Most people hate talking about retirement investments, but this goes even farther once you realize that the very companies you're asking to make you more and more money for your retirement that are in your 401k are the very Bayers and Monsantos of the world that you are fighting for against, I should say, every day of your life. So how do you plan for your future while still staying true to your principles? Today's guest heretic is Tom Novak. He's the author of Low-Fee Socially Responsible Investing, and he's going to give us some very specific information about investing on your terms. He's going to tell us how to find companies that support our worldview and do it even on a modest budget. Coming up next on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. So I'm sure you've heard that as you age, it gets harder to lose weight. Well, that's total bull because my friends... Laura and Veronica Chow's, they can prove it. They're a mother-daughter duo, and they've lost 125 pounds between the two of them at ages 50 and 20. And they've kept it off for over two years without starvation, deprivation, or hunger. So now you can learn their system and a whole lot more with a free 10-day trial to their online membership. They'll give you the diet, the recipes, classes, and more. Sign up today at nutritionheretic.com forward slash utmost diet. Fat is bad for you. I just pop a pill and I'm fine. Meat is murder. (laughs) It's time for bad food punishment. It's time for real nourishment. It's time for the Nutrition Heretic. The following program is provided as information only and may not be construed as medical or health advice. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. No action or inaction should be taken solely on the basis of the information provided here. Please consult with a licensed healthcare professional or doctor on any matter relating to your health and well-being. Aloha and welcome to the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. This is Adrienne Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. So about 12 years ago, my husband and I attend a meeting of the Weston A. Price Foundation. And we had a conundrum because one of the speakers gets up and yeah, we, we think we're in the clear. We think we're doing the right thing. We're, you know, talking to farmers about, uh, what kind of work they do and uh, trying to support them with our dollars. And one of the speakers gets up and says, yes. And you know, so many people in this audience, they're investing in Monsanto through their investments and uh, big pharma and all of these companies that they wouldn't under normal circumstances support, but their investment portfolios are just cycling these guys through and they never have any idea. And then my husband and I looked at each other and, you know, kind of were hoping nobody was looking at us because we were shrinking in our chairs thinking, oh God, (laughs) how do we, how do we get out of this? And this is actually a question uh, that I've uh, attempted to do, admittedly, uh, some pretty lame uh, research on. Uh, but nonetheless, it comes up, right? You know, we're, we're all trying to do the right thing. We're trying to, uh, do socially responsible things that match up with our worldview. And it's 
tough. You know, when you, when I talk to my regular ed, financial advisor, he's like, Oh, well, you know, you can't really control what goes in, what goes out. And then when I talk about socially responsible investing, he's, uh, he's thinking more on the side. And this is not necessarily bad, but on the side of how the workers are treated and, and, uh, that sort of thing, like, you know, who gets how much vacation time and that that kind of socially responsible, you know, who's getting paid time off for their um, their their families, uh, you know, when they have a new baby or something like that. But for me, clearly, I'm looking at a few different levels. Right. I'm looking and I'm sure many of you are, too. You're not just looking at uh, how the company is treating the workers, but you're also concerned about the future of our planet. And you don't necessarily want to put your money into a company that is known for destroying the oceans, let's say. So that brings me to our guest heretic, Tom Novak. Uh, he is the author of Lofi Social, Socially Responsible Investing. Welcome to the show, Tom. Well, well, thank you. Uh, nice, nice to be here on your show. And aloha. <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're having a little bit of aloha there in Chicago today because it's unseasonably warm. Yes, uh, yeah. Yesterday particularly was it was uh, was nice being out in the sunshine. I've been out to uh, your neck of the woods a couple times, uh, maybe two or three times, and okay. uh, uh, really could uh, really could enjoy that. But uh, there's something to be said about various seasons as well. So so we enjoy this area as well. I'm actually wearing a wool poncho right now because it's really <laughs> cold in my house. I, I live up country in the mountains. So. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's pretty darn cold. Like it, We live in an area that kind of looks like Switzerland. It's just grass and cows wherever you can, wherever you look. Uh, in any case, um, yeah, socially responsible investing. So you're a certified financial planner. Is that what you're acting Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. I've been uh, – uh, a financial planner for about a dozen years. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first few years, I felt about socially responsible investing, kind of like some of the folks that I think you probably were talking to, where, uh, well, I look at it this way, or maybe the the, the fees are too high, or, uh, it's, you know, it's not diversified enough. There were a lot of myths out there. Mm. And, uh, and uh, I got curious, uh, and we can go into that, why I got curious, but uh, I got curious one day. And I was a scientist in my first career. So I like understanding why things are the way they are right. and break it down to uh, uh, core levels. And I found that those are all myths, that you can invest according to your worldview. It just takes uh, takes a little extra effort. And uh, and for some folks, a lot of extra effort. I had the benefit of, of, of being an investment advisor, so so I, I had a little bit of a head start. But uh, it's more popular than most people realize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and is this the same or can it be the same as what people might call green investing? Yes, there are um, – a whole bunch of different flavors. It's just like a, a, an ice cream shop. Uh, <laughs> you know, some folks will say, uh, you know, I, I'd like everything except alcohol stocks, or I'd like everything except tobacco stocks, mm -hmm. everything except weapons or uh, big ag, big pharma. So you start excluding things. So you just have the ingredients, you know, that you find uh, acceptable. So that's that's one way. And green investing is kind of uh, often on the uh, proactive side is that I definitely want some of uh, uh, very proactive companies that uh, are 
are say the, the companies that have 90% of their corporate headquarters with solar energy or wind energy, that type of thing. So, so there's different, uh, there's positive screens and negative screens. Uh, right. So there's a lot of different flavors. Right. So then, you know, like when I talk to my guy at Edward Jones, I'm not necessarily getting this kind of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> lay the of the land. <laughs> you yes, know what I'm saying? Yes. Right. How, how does one go about fun? I mean, well, we, we, have you right um you're you're, you're a, a potential uh, lifeline here yes. uh, but you know when people are looking for these you know where where do we start okay well is it's becoming more and more advisors are getting uh uh into say socially responsible investing let me throw some numbers out there uh it wasn't that long ago that maybe one out of a hundred dollars in the investable universe in uh, in stocks in the U.S. were screened for sustainable causes. Then when I got into it, it was maybe like one out of 10. Mm -hmm. uh, six years ago, it was one out of nine. Uh, four years ago, it was one, uh, I think one out of six. They just published a number that, in other words, 20%, one out of $5 is screened. So there are advisors uh, that, that know how to do this. Uh, like anything else, if you don't ask, you know, you won't find out. Uh, so it's a matter of asking around. I could give some resources, of course, on how to find those kinds of folks. Uh, uh, one of the websites that I'll point out is uscif.org. Uh, it's uh, ussif.org. That will talk about the sustainable investing and talk mm. about all the different mutual funds that, and, and how those mutual funds are screened, that type of thing. Right. And I think that's, that's where the, the question comes up for a lot of people because it's, you know, most of us are already invested in some kind of mutual fund, but we have no friggin' idea what's in there, right? We, <laughs> it's constantly rotating and we, we yes. don't know a lot. Yes. Um, so finding out, you know, like today it might be good. Are they going to swap it out with something that we don't like in a month from now? Well, that's a very, very interesting point. And, uh, that was one of the problems that I had, I guess, when I, when I got into it, uh, and why I wrote my first book is what I found is, is, uh, paint a backdrop a little bit. Uh, you probably remember Citizens United, uh, court yes. case. Yes. Okay, corporations are people. How right. wonderful is that? What could go wrong, <laughs> right? Uh, around that time, I was going to my first uh, conference on sustainable investing where there were fund managers from all the major funds. These are funds that min literally manage a billion dollars or so each. And I asked him, I said, do you screen hard for political accountability? Because there's information out there that there are some players that are are almost nonpartisan companies uh, some, they disclose what they do so you know what you're getting. Others are very secretive. Only the CEO knows where the super PAC money is going, that type of thing. Mm. So there was information to rate, rate these things. So I was asking the fund companies, like, you know, do you, which ones? Because I had clients that they were asking me, uh, they were upset about Citizens United, and they said, how do I screen for companies that uh, don't pay to play you know, too much? Because yeah, that was their worldview. So what I found is that it was just at the beginnings of becoming on, on the broader radar screen. So I invented a way myself to, to just put together uh, these uh, small little portfolios that would be screened for flavors like political accountability. Mm -hmm. uh, then a couple years later, fossil free. 
that type of thing. So uh, the larger mutual funds, uh, they now look at political accountability and you could you can uh, uh, probably find where they search it. But the thing is, everybody has their own view of that. Right, so, exactly. So there are ways where you could own uh, a, a fund that has a very good description so you could be pretty safe or you could do what a lot of uh, my clients do is they just own the individual stocks outright through uh, through either baskets or if they have a large enough portfolio, uh, they'll just say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to buy 30 or 40 different companies uh, and just stay with them because I like these companies. My advisors kind of screened them to make sure that these aren't uh, basket case companies, that mm -hmm. type of thing. So there are a lot of different ways to, to get where you want to be and to do it reasonably inexpensively, which is the big surprise because historically, one of the things that people would turn away from if you go to your, you know, say your, your, your typical retail uh, broker advisor, they'll put you in a fund that might have a very high fee associated with it that might, might and rightfully turn you off. Right, right. So I guess when we're talking high fees, because you know, this is all subjective, right? Everybody will, you know, one person, you give them a, a head of lettuce for $5 and they'll want to chop your head off. <laughs> and the other person, you give them a head of lettuce and you charge $5 and, and they're yeah. thinking this is a bargain, right? What are, I guess, where, let's just say, I don't know, somebody not quite making, a family not quite making six figures, uh, maybe in the collectively, let's say $80,000. And, and that, that's probably high for, for a lot of homes I know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, still, but still, you know, within reason, I think for a lot of people, uh, you know, and they want to invest. Should they be looking more on the mutual fund side or are there ways they can go into these individual funds? Yeah, good question. Uh, or stocks. For folks that just are starting out, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I mean, I could picture a, a client just like you described. It might be their first toe in the water in, in the area of sustainable investing. Say they have a 401k at work that has choices that are defined. You know, they can't really do much with that. Uh, right. But they, they open up a Roth IRA or an IRA and they have maybe $5,500 in there. Does it make sense to, to hire somebody like me to design a custom portfolio that exactly fits their worldview? Probably not. Those clients, when they, when they come to me or, or go to a traditional advisor that is a fee-only advisor that, that is aware of, of, of this world, they might say, you know what, there's about two, 300 different mutual funds. Uh, tell me a little bit about your worldview. And then they'll pair you up with a mutual fund that might have a fee of about 1% which is uh, about par for an actively managed fund. Uh, and for a $5,500 portfolio, that fee is not going to be damaging to your portfolio. You know, mm -hmm. you, it's fine. And you, you can get a very good fund, a huge amount of convenience, and, and feel good about the companies that you own underneath because they won't be the, uh, uh, the seven deadly sins. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a very eloquent way of putting it. <laughs> um, so so that so it is attainable. There is there is a way to do that. And yes. like would you ever suggest that someone maybe pull their money out of their 401k to to invest in these types of funds? Uh if you know the 401k they're just not really thrilled or you know that yeah. it kind of yeah. makes them almost ashamed to to be part of that? 
while we're on the subject of 401ks, let me kind of tell you a suggestion that I would recommend is 401k providers usually have to rebid their contract with 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 the company every so many years. Mm. And a lot of folks, I, I know from experience that people come to me all the time saying, oh, they changed the choices again in my 401k. If 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 a handful of people ask for a sustainable fund in their 401k, chances are next time they uh, go out to bid for the service provider, uh, HR will probably try to really try to put a sustainable fund in in your mix because they want to be a fiduciary. They want to they want to help you be a good saver. So more and more funds, uh, more and more companies are adding sustainable funds. If, mm-hmm. if, for instance, a lot of teachers uh, use TIA CREF, uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's a real good sustainable fund available to them uh, that uh, may fit their worldview. So that's one way of doing it. But another way of doing it is for some investors is to invest in their 401k to the match so they're not giving money away or losing anything and then take their other money and put it into sustainable funds so they, so they can at least do as much good as possible. Right, right. Now, you know, after the, well, we didn't really have a crash. Let's call it an economic turndown, right, of the 2000. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, I just saw my numbers going down and and, and it scared the bejesus out of me. I didn't want to. Yes. Yeah, you know, I d- didn't want to invest anymore. And, and, you know, my financial planner is saying, you you, you must const- consistently put in money. And I'm like, yeah, but I keep putting in the money and the- my number is going down. Mm-hmm. What is the, I guess, what's the, the prognosis? How, how much has that turned around? I mean, I guess I saw a tiny bit of replenishment over the last four years, let's say. Uh, not, nothing tremendous though. You know, I'm, I'm lucky if I'm at a wash right now from where I was at 2000 and, you know, it's, it's been very hard for me to, to put that faith into investing. So, you know, I guess, and then on top of it, we're going to add this layer of social responsibility is, are these SRIs, are they in any way outperforming or or on par or worse than the conventional yes. funds? Yeah, okay. Those are very uh, classical questions in this area. Uh, Morningstar is a very big uh, organization that uh, publishes a lot of research on funds and stuff like that, you know, for retail investors, for advisors, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Uh, paper after paper um, and uh, other, other research has shown that there's no negative premium for uh, doing sustainable investing. Okay. Uh, it's a wash pretty much. If you're going to do passive uh, sustainable investing at low cost, you're pretty much going to compete very favorably with passive uh, uh, traditional investing. If you do active uh, sustainable investing, you're probably going to compete very favorably with active uh, traditional investing. The diff- there is a difference though. If you're investing in a sustainable mix that, and you're really kind of understanding that these are companies that you like, chances are uh, studies have shown that you're not likely to panic out 
uh, in a downturn. Uh, the 2000 was a classic. That was the one of the biggest downturns. People often just remember 2008 as being a big, big hit. But 2000 was even a bigger uh, mm-hmm. ride down. I know. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> that you know, if you look Took at, money out of my pocket. Dang. <laughs> uh, there's a real good uh, index done by Professor Schiller, the guy that uh, uh, he won the Nobel Prize a couple years ago in economics. He does a, an analysis that shows that uh, uh, when you look at stocks as far as their valuations, they were at an all-time high in 2000, and they, they did this huge roller coaster down. Then they recovered in 2006, seven during the housing bubble, mm-hmm. just to be knocked, you know, knocked down again uh, in 2008. So we had 2000, 2008. And a lot of folks were were thinking, well, let's see, eight plus eight is you know sixteen. Right. You know, the 2016, we should have experienced another uh, uh, eight year flood, and we didn't. Uh, instead, we have a, a rally uh, uh, in banking and energy stocks and and uh, other other sectors. So, so the market's at a, at a very uh, pricey point right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, nobody has a crystal ball, you know, as far as when one should get in and one should get out. So, so really, uh, successful investing is is to to me. There's there's two or three things to keep in mind. One is to make sure that your investments are matched for your horizon. So, if if your retirement account is truly for funds that aren't going to be touched for 20, 30 years, you could take a pretty long view and uh, and probably be much better off. But still, not be 100% in stocks by any means. You know, mm-hmm. have a balanced portfolio. But the thing that I think might have hurt you is is uh, if you're using a traditional broker and you're not paying attention to the fees, you could be paying. Uh, you could be buying loaded funds with like a five percent commission up front. Mm. In other words, they give you they subtract five percent as soon as you as soon as you buy the fund. So you, you so you have you know basically you're starting you're starting five yards back. You know? Right. You know, on the hundred meter dash. You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, so you have to make that up, and then just the fees themselves. You know, you said, well, is fees are relative. In my in my book, I define low fee as uh, as half a percent, both the management fees and the financial planning. Anything higher than that is considered a higher fee in my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, sometimes it's it's okay to pay high. You know, if you're if you're so inclined, but uh, we can talk about uh, how fees are more damaging than the average person looks at if you, if you want to go down that. Yeah, down. I do want to go there. But before we get there, I just want to get your definition for the passive versus active funds. Okay. Okay. A, a passive fund is everybody hears on the uh, radio S&P 500 is up 1% or it's down 1%. Is that's an index that's yeah. that's defined five hundred about five hundred stocks uh, based on size, and it's the benchmark that most folks would measure their performance against. If you just buy the benchmark, you could, uh, ever since uh, Jack Bogle start, started Vanguard in the seventies, people have been able to buy the whole dartboard of stocks. In other words, I own Pepsi and Coke. You know, right. I, Monsanto, I own Apple and uh, Facebook, that type of thing. So that would be buying the whole index. Uh, and that's the benchmark. So that's considered passive investing when you just say, you know what, I really don't care what I own. I just want to make sure my neighbor doesn't do anything, doesn't do better than me. 
mm-hmm. um, or, or and I don't, you know, I don't want to do worse, you know, that type of thing. So if you own the benchmark, you're going to get the same as, as 30% of investors are just going to be owning the benchmark, you know, so you're going to meet, meet that level. Active is when you have somebody saying, I think Coke is going to do better than Pepsi this year. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to swap those. We're only going to own one of them. Mm-hmm. So it's active and, and it, it costs more, you know, to, to pay somebody to make those decisions and to throw the darts. And stuff right. Like that. So it's a little bit more like betting on a horse than betting on all the horses. <laughs> or or, or uh, the analogy I like is, you know, I'm not sure how much uh, you know uh, i'm not a big horse uh, uh, gambler but I, I remember my 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 uh, uh my parents generation was is win place and show when you're actively managing investing you're really trying to win you're you're, you're trying to get the big right. big dollars if if you're doing passive investing you're you're, you're buying a t- ticket to get your horse in the top three you know to, to, you know it's mm. kind of like going to the kentucky derby taking the Horse that's the favorite, and bet that it's going to come in either in third place, second place, or first right. place. It's not going to pay as much. Maybe uh, you're not going to get as big a prize, but you're not going to you're not going to lose money either. Right. It's not going to. It wouldn't be as much of a loss if if there right. is a hit. Okay. Right. Ah. Uh, okay. So yeah. So it's definitely so active being more participatory and more like have your antennae out for the signals that uh, might make you change your mind or invest right. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, yeah, you know, I do want to get into the fees. So when in your book, you talk about the different fees scales. Uh, and I really like you kind of use a, a, a car analogy, right? Uh, can you can you run through, uh, you know, just kind of uh, the basics of of how these work? Yes. Well, well, I thank you for reading the book because uh, <laughs> to, to, to have gotten to the car analogy, you, you, you got more than the first couple of pages. So, so, no, so, so, so thank you for that. No uh, it, it, let's use the car analogy. Is is It's kind of like you have a car, you keep it in the garage. If you're paying an active manager with commissions, it's kind of like you're uh, calling a cab every place because you just – you just don't feel like uh, going in the cold car. You just want to hop in a cab, and you have a car, but you're gonna buy. You're gonna pay a cab. You're gonna pay a X amount of dollars to step in, plus so much cents a mile. Uh, and that's using a commission-based place like an Edward Jones or, and and uh, places like that. Uh, those are the typical Ameriprise and what have you. If you're doing a fee-only advisor that charges a percentage, that's more like using a lim- a limousine service where you still keep the car in the garage. But you sit in the back, you read the newspaper, chat with your friends, and you take the limo. Well, you're paying a pretty good price for that, but mm-hmm. but uh, you didn't pay a, a, a special fee just to walk in. You're, you're, you're you know you're basically paying a, a static fee. You're getting you know getting pretty nice service though. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're using an hourly fee only advisor, uh, then it's kind of like uh, you, you're you're driving your car, but you have a CFP install a GPS uh, in the car and kind of update the software about once a year so you still have to drive the car uh but you have to hold the wheel and follow the gps so if the person says you know you know buy this this investment you 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 turn the wheel and you buy that and uh you do a little bit more Mm hands-on but but it's not like it's uh most of my uh, clients that do the hourly fee only model uh 
they they do this once a year. It's not like a they don't have to day trade or, or watch the stock market or anything like that. It's a once a year event where they do a little bit of adjustments in their portfolio. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm actually thinking of this in terms of business, right? Because you can because okay. you can hire someone as an employee, which I guess is yeah. the le- the limousine. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you can also hire someone per task. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. there's the kind of hourly, you know, just update me <laughs> when, yeah. when yeah. I need to it, jump it, in. Right. 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 It's, 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 yeah, it's just, uh, it is, you know, using it like an hourly planner would be somebody like, uh, I've got to get my lawn done. So the person's just coming out and doing my lawn. Right. But, you know, they're not, you know, they're not charging me to walk on it. You know, they're, you know, they're, just, getting, <laughs> they're just getting the job done, that type of thing. But uh, let and me just, use a number. Okay, go on. There's, an, there's another way that I think is, is more instructive on, on fees. Uh, and this is particularly, uh, you know, for a lot of your, you know, yourself and your younger clients, it's kind of hard to picture the day you're going to be retired and living off your nest egg. But, but picture that day. What are the rules of thumb? in the financial services world is a 4% rule. In other words, say you uh, accumulate a million dollars worth of money in, a, in an account. The 4% rule says that you can take 40,000 or 4% of that away each year and not run out of money. Okay. okay. You could look at it and say, well, a million dollars divided by 25, I'm gonna live maybe 25 years, you know, inflation, you know, canceling out investment growth, that type of thing. Very approximate, you know, 4% rule. So people always like to know, how much do I have to save? So say if you save a million dollars, you got $40,000 a year before taxes in today's dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's 4%. Now, if somebody charges 2% per year as a fee, and they're your investment advisor, and you're living off 4%, what does that tell you? So that's, the, I think this is the other question that I had <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. because that 2% is not 2% of the 4%. It's 2% of the million. Is that correct? No, it's too, yeah, well, it's it, exactly, it's, it's basically, uh, there's a couple ways of looking at it, but it's, it's, if you take, it's, if it's, if it's, it's not 2% of the 4%, it's, it's, you're living off 4%. You're splitting every dollar you have with your advisor. In other words, right. 50%, you're paying a fee of 50%. Mm-hmm. That 2% is really 50%. Or if you're paying 1%, you're really paying a 25% fee. Now, you know, most folks, uh, uh, I mean, I was a scientist in my first career. Uh, most, most scientists, I mean, you know, they got math minors and stuff like this, and they get fooled by that all the time. They figure, well, I, I tip 18, 20% to my waitress, you know, paying my right. advice one or 2% is nothing. You know, the person's a generous soul. They're not charging me 18%. Just say, no, you're multiplying the wrong numbers. <laughs> right, right. And that's, that's like yeah. one of those, I yeah. hate to say it, but deceptive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little deceiving, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how do how do we how do we protect ourselves? So the, so is yeah. the, the you were saying half a percent is that what we're we yeah, half be a percent at? is a, is a pretty good number because uh, if you can get you know financial planning and investment stuff done for under that if you have your uh, your your million dollar you know million dollar portfolio 
that's not 40,000 anymore. That's $5,000. Right. And that you're getting financial planning, plus you're getting the investment uh, 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 fees done. Now, here's the reality. A lot of index funds uh, are have fees of 0.1% or even less. You know, okay. nowadays you can get very, very low fees. Mm -hmm. And the good news is, is there are sustainable funds that are getting down to that point. 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4% level. Mm. For some investors, it's, you know, the reason why I wrote my books is some folks don't want to pay any fees hardly is, is you could, if you own a stock in a, a brokerage, a low discount brokerage account, mm. you can't pay any fees. You right. know, if you, if you hold a bunch of stocks in, a, in, in say, a, a, a very low cost brokerage account, they're waiting for you to do something before they make any money. They're not getting any any love off of your account. Uh, now, there's certain ways they make money for you just being a customer to, to park a bunch of stock there. There's a whole bunch of technical ways where they, they make a little bit of money. But it's, it's basically a very competitive industry when you are a very well-informed customer. You, you can find you can find the uh, very comparable goods, you know, that are high quality goods at discount prices. Mm, and I, I'm assuming that's where you come in. Yes, not just myself, <laughs> but advisors like me. Uh, right. Uh, I, you know, I, I, it, there's there's a whole no, but, bunch but, of folks. But I mean, but yeah, I mean, this is this is you're clearly yeah. you're passionate about it. So and, yes, and this yes. is where you're you're suggesting that people should be aware of this option. Maybe yes. As, as yeah. Advice. I mean, I think if you're going to do any kind of investing, you should be aware of the fee structure just just to, to get a bigger bang for the buck. But then if you want to do socially responsible investing, there's two ways to look at it. There are some wonderful, wonderful, sustainable investing funds that do charge a percent or a percent and a half. But if you have the resources to say, this isn't going to hurt me financially, and I like the work they're doing, what they do with that 1% is is they're not uh, uh, padding their, their nest necessarily. They're taking that money and they're meeting with the companies that they're investing in or not investing in. And they're uh, browbeating them and they're filing proxy uh, votes. They're filing shareholder resolutions. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're making the world better for all of us. So there are there has to be some folks that it, it to me it's analogous to uh, public television. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I you know I my wife and I contributed to public television for thirty years you know if not forty. Uh, you don't have to you don't have to do that right right <laughs> you right can exactly still watch the show. So there's some folks you know like uh, our daughters are uh, they're at an age to where they can't send a check for 40 or 100 dollars to public television but they still may want to watch the, the news hour so they get a pass so same thing with sustainable investing if you want to be a sustainable investor but you don't have uh the resources to where you have to be a little little more frugal well then you have to watch your fees i would hate to lose you as a customer to the sustainable investing world and mm -hmm. have you feel compelled to have to own uh, the whole dartboard if that just made your stomach turn when you saw what was inside that dartboard. <laughs> right. So then when it, is there a certain maturity, let's say, of the company uh, that we should be looking at when we consider these funds? You know, is, you know, if we see a startup 
in there and it sounds good, right? It sounds like something that we'd really be into. Is yeah, that yeah. wise to jump in right then? Or do we want to look at someone who's a little bit more seasoned that yeah. we can, we really, you know, know they're committed because something that's mm-hmm. coming to mind right now is, is like whole foods. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. every once in a while there's this report that mm-hmm. comes out about whole foods selling out to Monsanto. You know, mm-hmm. we've got the, the president of Whole Foods dropping like fake stock mm-hmm. reports about mm-hmm. competitors. Right. You know, do, right. do we yeah. want to wait and kind of know these companies before we decide, yeah, we want them in our portfolio? Portfolios uh, have different levels of, of, of what's called like risk budgeting. In other words, there's a certain part of the portfolio that's got to be pretty safe. Uh, there's a part that could take a little more risk. There's a part that could take a lot of risk. Depending on one's risk tolerance and risk capacity, you know, there's some folks, you know, uh, I always ask, ask my clients a very important question, you know, on a scale of one to 100, one being the person that puts everything in the safety deposit box, 100 being the person that takes everything they own, sells it and goes to Vegas every two years and puts it on black or red. Uh, that's, you know, where do you fit in? So a lot of it is very personal as far as what you're, how, how you personally can handle that degree of of risk you know uh the other thing is is what your risk capacity is you know there are folks that have uh living well within their means they could take more risks than others so what what i usually recommend is for folks that aren't in a position to take a lot of risk is to stick with the very large companies that may not be the pure green plays but aren't really horrible uh they, they're not bad actors uh they're, they're you know they may have a and use a lot of green energy themselves have great mission statements that type of thing and if i'm not inclined to uh build a portfolio of individual stocks or have somebody help me with that is to find going to places like the uscif.org. Uh, the other place that I didn't mention before is Green America. Uh, Green America is a wonderful institution. Uh, they're not a financial institution. They're one of the oldest, you know, green green places for all kinds of things. Uh, you could, for instance, go there and uh, uh, a lot of, uh, possibly a lot of your listeners are interested in divesting from fossil fuels. You know, they, they may not like the uh, the, uh, the code access pipeline uh, or, you know, funding those kinds of companies. Exactly. Like is you can go to go, uh, you can go to Green America and look up fossil free in, uh, investing. And there there's going to be mutual funds. There's going to be exchange traded funds with lower expense ratios. There's going to be uh, investment advisors, uh, asset managers. Uh, there's going to be all those kinds of folks and institutions that you can pick from, you know, for starters. Mm-hmm. And then you could look at, you know, the, the different safety levels. And uh, and if you're working with a financial advisor, uh, tell them this is the type of stuff that you're interested in and, and uh, insist, you know, insist that this is what you want or 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 take your business, you know, elsewhere. Right, right. Okay. So, so definitely do our due diligence, do our research on the types of companies that we want. Uh, then we find, do you suggest a local person or, you know, 
I mean, you have a website. Can somebody right, contact right. you directly and say, hey, Tom, this is, you know, I, I did the research. I heard the, the podcast, did the research. Sure, sure. Um, can you help me get started with this? And yes. what would you, you know, what would you recommend for me based on the amount of money I, I'm willing to invest? Yeah. Well, is I'm going to put, I'll put a, a, a couple plugs in. Is, <laughs> it, it is for myself personally, I'm a one person shop. And uh, since I've written a couple of books, I've got usually about 10, 15 new clients a year, maybe 20 that are not in Illinois or Wisconsin. I'm registered in Illinois and Wisconsin, but uh, other states, uh, I can work with up to five people in a given 12 month period uh, in folks that are out of state. Uh, there's some states that are so popular with the sustainable investing world that I'm maxed out. In other words, I can't take any more uh, clients from California. Uh, there's a waiting list because uh, I, I, it was easy to fill the five. There are a few other states maybe with threes and stuff like that. But I do work with most many people from other states. I just I just have to keep track of that. And we usually do a Skype or a phone call, mm -hmm. email, that type of thing. Uh, there's another way is uh, I'm a member of an organization uh, called the Garrett Planning Network, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, -T, Planning Network. You can go to GarrettPlanningNetwork.com, put in your zip code, and find an hourly fee-only advisor in your neck of the woods. And uh, many of them, unfortunately, do not do sustainable investing. Okay. Uh, but if you ask them and say, you know, uh, this this is I really like to work with somebody local. I, I like this hourly model because I want a GPS. You know, I kind of like that thing. I don't want to pay a limo or or a cab all the time because I do have a car. You know, that kind of thing. They uh, will often, uh, quite frankly, will uh, be able to find out the, their clients' uh, needs pretty easily translate those to me in, in like two minutes or less and I'll be able to I could give advisor to advisor advice you know but I can't give advisor to individual advice without uh, without a, without a, uh, um, uh, a you know contract and agreement and, and all that kind of stuff but amongst advisors you know we we get to talk to each other all the time about how we might approach different situations so so there are people in the Garrett planning network that do there's a handful that do sustainable investing and some that could do it if you, if you nudge them. Same thing with the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, mm -hmm. uh, napa.org. Mm -hmm. uh, there's about 1,300 CFPs in that organization. Uh, they're fee only, so they're not going to charge commissions and stuff like that. There's a fair number of those folks that will do sustainable investing. Oh, okay. Okay. Good to know. So then, you know, because we're talking about – the, the hourly fee versus the limo. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. What, obviously, I think we all know there's there's a uh, trade, you, you trade dollars for hours, right? You're going to, or you, you swap them right. out. Yes, yes. What, you know, with the hourly fee, and obviously this is, this is going to change according to the person, but what can somebody reasonably expect okay. to invest 
time was, you know, because I, I, you know, with someone like me, you know, you get, like you said, you get to 401k from work and then, you know, maybe you leave that job and it roll, you roll it over into something else. And you, you don't like as simply as you're explaining this, I need to read the book again and listen to this <laughs> interview again <laughs> to really grasp it. Uh, yes, what, what yes. type of, you know, time investment and, you know, to wrap your brain around it to the point that it's like, I can still, you know, make sure I get the kids to school on time in the morning. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's the, uh, that's why, you know, quite frankly, one of the reasons why the hourly model isn't as popular. It's, I find it's, it's, it's about, you know, using my calculations, it's about 10 times less expensive to use an hourly advisor wow. than, a, uh, than a, uh, a wrap fee, you know, of, yeah. of, of, of that type of thing. But it requires, uh, something that most of us don't have is, is a, a little extra uh, uh, carve out for that extra initiative. You know, it's it's very easy uh, to you know to walk into a traditional mutual fund type of store or shop and say, what forms do I sign? Take my money. You know, do a good job with it. I've got it. You know, I've got to get to the daycare. You know, and and run out. You know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, with an with the hourly, uh, a typical person, their business model is very much like me is folks will start the process then they'll get sidetracked and i'm i'm not getting paid to be their parent you know yeah exactly exactly yeah. so so they'll drop the ball because very few will want to pay me to to nag them i do have a few folks that literally will say please nag me you know and right. i'll pay you for that i would but, be but, that person so <laughs> <laughs> but most folks will say you know what no i get it you know if if i'm not going to take the initiative and it's just taking the initiative of calling the meeting filling out a few forms and then when you get the prescription you know take it to cvs or walgreens and actually get it filled you know that type of thing so there's there's uh, there's a little bit of hands-on, but uh, uh, there's probably 300 hourly advisors in the Garrett Network alone. There's probably a, a thousand more uh, that aren't affiliated with the Garrett Network. Uh, none of us have lost a client over the cliff yet. You know, we're always able to get the person, <laughs> you know, to be exactly like they would have been in any other type of shop. Uh, and the typical situation for me is is. I'll have clients once we have a relationship, they'll they'll send me and say, "Hey, I want to do a, a review uh, once a year. Here's 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 all my stuff. Here's 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 some copies of this. Here are my few extra pieces of information that I, I want to talk about or hear about." And they'll send me that, and I'll say, "Well, you know, we've got you pretty." simple situation with this isn't uh, rocket science for me it's going to be all of one to two hours of time charge uh my particularly hourly rate is on the low side at 150 dollars an hour wow okay That's and really uh so it'd be like 300 dollars a year for a portfolio that could be as high as two million dollars quite frankly wow uh, yeah you know i have I, I did one just the other day you know two million dollar portfolio uh three hundred dollars please and uh, otherwise, the person would have been spending twenty thousand dollars if wow. they had a one, one percent you, wrap fee. Do you do taxes too? <laughs> I don't do taxes. I don't do taxes. Uh, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't do laundry. I won't cook. For oh, people. okay. Because <laughs> yeah, right now that seems like a bargain. Yeah, <laughs> so it's uh, really, no, that really is. No, it is. It is a bargain. Now here's here's the, here's the rub though. If you have five thousand mm -hmm. dollars and uh, and say, boy, I really want to do something fancy here. And the first meeting might take a few hours. Right. Make, you know, then it's like four hundred fifty dollars for a 
$5,000 account. That makes no sense. Right. So, so sometimes there's no way to get there from here. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and you're almost better off in a, in a situation where you do a little of your own research and you, and you go to one of these websites and try to find a mutual fund that works for you or, uh, or try to find a traditional broker that will take you. Uh, for, uh, you know, pay the commission on the uh, SRI fund, the sustainable investing fund, it would be money well spent because there is that initial cost of getting uh, getting started. It's very hard to, uh, because any investment advisor that's a fiduciary that is, is, their business model is to act in your best interest. They're not just sales folks. If they're a fiduciary like me, we have to make sure that we're not causing you any harm. So it's just like why you have to, you know, get on the scale when you go visit your doctor and, and get poked and prodded and stuff like that. It's not that they want to annoy you. It's just that uh, they don't want to be guilty of malpractice. Right, right. <laughs> so they have to understand your needs. They have to really understand your goals. And initially, it, it, it sometimes takes uh, uh, more time than ideal. But for just portfolios, for relatively simple things, even the initial thing, I've seen as low as, as, uh, as several hours. But uh, if we're looking at your whole financial life, for instance, it could be, to put it in proper perspective, it could be, you know, it could be a little more time than that. But, but it's always, uh, uh, most folks that do what I do, they, they provide an initial meeting that's no cost, no obligation, provide a fee estimate. And then for folks that want to go forward, uh, that's only, that's the only time that they get charged is after they decided to go forward and only for the time that's spent after they decide to go forward. Right, right. Okay. So you're saying, you know, possibly some kind of free consultation, then the, you know, to decide whether or not you want to continue with this person, whether you have similar worldview or they understand your wor worldview enough uh, to help you choose the right investments. And then maybe, you know, what, a five hour meeting or a four hour meeting, um, perhaps, uh, and then maybe what is it once a year, twice a year? What, like what's, what's a recommended schedule to check in with you and, and sit down and evaluate and reframe if, right. need, if needed. The, the, yeah. The typical, uh, check-in is, 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 is once a year, but I just want to clarify on the initial, uh, for folks that do what I do, it's the initial meeting is no cost, no obligation, but it's, it's no advice. So it's right. really not a consultation. If it's a salesperson, you know, they're usually, uh, you know, what's called, uh, they'll, they'll spill some candy in the lobby, you know, to kind of, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, they'll give you some free advice, you know, and, and, and just, but make it so complicated, you know, you need them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll do, they'll, you know, they'll, 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 they'll do a, like a loss leaders type of approach. Uh, whereas a hourly advisor, uh, is, it's just in how they're regulated. Uh, the average person doesn't have, would they have no way of knowing, but, uh, uh, only a, a relatively small fraction of folks are are currently regulated to act in your best interest as fiduciaries. Mm. One of the rules in Washington that uh, is, is that you're trying to overturn is uh, is a rule that would expand where more and more advisors have to act as fiduciaries, uh, where 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 they have to uh, uh, be be more careful to act in your best interest, not sell you something uh, that uh, you know that they. No, isn't isn't uh, isn't the best anything close to the best deal out there, you know that type of thing. Right. Well, let me see. So, uh, I'm not totally sure I'm understanding. So they're trying to overturn people being well, able yes. to. 
it is yeah the department of labor rule on the fiduciary standard uh, is to is to have more advisors uh, act in their clients' best interest. Okay. Most most folks would would be shocked to think, well, I thought all people have to act in your best interest if you're a customer. And that's not true. Uh, it, uh, uh, there's a, what's called a suitability standard. In other words, if I sell you a financial product and don't tell you that you're paying a seven percent commission to me. The day, you know, the minute that you sign that form and that you're locked in that contract for seven years, uh, if you don't quite get that, I don't have an obligation to make you get that. Uh, I just have to make sure that I'm not just going to take your money and go to the Cayman Islands. And, and, and uh, that's how that is now. That's how it is now. With a non-fiduciary standard, there are a lot of uh, uh, sales organizations that they – will act in a way that uh, is is totally uh, uh, within the rules, but they don't have to tell you that this product may not be your in your best interest, that uh, you may be better off, say, staying in your 401k because it's got lower fees than what I can offer you. But if all I can offer you is what I have on the shelf, guess what? You're buying these. Right. For, amongst the this. Shelf. Right. So this is. So is this similar to what we saw with mortgages where people were being coerced or, you know, just kind of not disclosed fully what they were getting into? Yeah. Uh, did you happen to see the movie The Big Short by any chance? I did not. And people keep saying I should see it. Yeah. It makes me nervous to see. <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> you should see that. You would, you would, is, is what was happening is, is uh, the industry was set up to where the people that were saying, you know what? Adrian, I think this house, you'd look really good in this house. And we we could sign the papers. You don't need any money down. You know, you, you, you know, let's 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 have you move in tomorrow in this house. Uh, and you're going to say, well, uh, you know, uh, my income's kind of kind of shaky this this year. This is oh, don't worry about that. Well, that person that's talking you in, this is during the housing bubble. Uh, they were getting paid two percent commission uh, on the price of the mortgage, whether whether you you know, it, you know, whether you went bankrupt or not, it didn't mm -hmm. matter. They had no responsibility right. exactly. to you as far as you were a good credit risk or this was a good deal for you. So they did not have to act in your best interest. They just wanted their 2%. Right. And that caused the housing bubble because it, the, it used to be in the old days, it was kind of like, it's a wonderful life. You know, uh, the building on loan wouldn't, or, or Mr. Potter wouldn't give you the loan mm -hmm. if they think you'd pay it back. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's kind of like what we've seen in medicine as well, but that's, you know, I digress. <laughs> Where you used to be able to trust your doctor, right? He used to come to the house, give you a shot, whatever you needed. And exactly. he was like part of the family. No, I, I, there's, there's huge analogies there. Yes, there really yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us and explaining this to us, because I think this is something that uh, kind of nags at people, but nobody knows where to turn. And it's, it's good to know that this is up and coming uh, or even beyond up and coming, but it's, it's, it might actually, you know, become pretty mainstream, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's, it, the bigger banks and stuff like this, folks that never thought of doing sustainable investing are sending their, their, uh, their younger folks to conferences that, that people like me go to and stuff like that. So it is becoming more mainstream and it's just, you just have to ask and, and, uh, 
but uh, the, the, the Green America website is a good place to start. Uh, look at look at the uh, fossil-free resources. Uh, look at USF. Those are wonderful places that, that your listeners could uh, go to. Okay, great. And then, um, you know, if, if he has uh, space available for you, uh, you can uh, check out uh, – Tom's website, which is lofi socially responsible investing.com. He's also got another website, which is quantum financial planning.com. Thank you once again for being on the show and best of luck to you. Well, well thank you for, for, for inviting me to be on the show. Much, much appreciated. All right. Aloha. Aloha. The Nutrition Heretic Podcast is a production of Savor the Journey LLC. Our audio editor is Nikola Popovich. Our podcast manager is Crystal McQueen. And our operations manager is Michelle Med. I'm your host, Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. You can find us at the new and improved nutritionheretic.com, where you can download the Nutrition Heretic's free shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague. You can also listen to previous episodes at nutritionheretic.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to like us on social media for updates. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash nutritionheretic and on Twitter at NutriHeretic. Contact us with show ideas, questions, or if you want to be a guest. And don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. 